five decades. Come, join in the final day of celebrations as we ring in the start of the next 50 years, Lord's willing. The Men's Fellowship Saturday Morning Bible Study and the Women's Prayer Meeting resumed meetings at 6.30 a.m. on Saturdays. All are welcome to come and join in. Discovery classes will begin this Wednesday, October 3rd, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. and continue to be held on the first and third Wednesdays of each month. Ladies, 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 plan to attend CBC's 13th Annual Women's Retreat under the theme Authenticity being real with God and each other on Saturday, November 10th to Sunday, November 11th at Comfort Suites, Paradise Island with guest speaker, Mrs. Jane Slate. Join the ladies and experience an amazing time of worship and study of the Word of God to refresh your souls. Sweet fellowship, fun, and lots of laughter as you retreat to rejuvenate your mind and your body. Come and expect great things from our great and awesome God. Registration forms are in the foyer. You have until October the 1st to register with full payment, and all balances are also due on that date. Backed by popular demand, the men will be heading to Elutra and Camp Bahamas for another spiritually uplifting and battery-charging weekend. The annual retreat is scheduled for Friday, the 26th of October, through Sunday, the 28th of October. The theme for this year's retreat is Integrity. Richard Albury will be presenting. The cost of the retreat is $350 per person and is all inclusive of food, accommodation, air travel via Bahamas there, and activities. $130 deposit is required by today to secure the booking. For further information, you can contact Errol Farkerson, Kevin Barton, Rodney Stewart, Rudy Williams, Craig Knowles, or Wilfred Jack. And now for a sealer moment taken from Matthew 6 and 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be given unto you as well. Please be sure to see your bulletins for more information or for any announcements we may have missed. That's it for now, but before I go, we here at CBC News would like to thank you for watching. Have a blessed day in the Lord. We're going to praise the Lord this morning. His word says, praise him. Young and old, let everything that has breath praise the Lord.
first time here at Calvary Bible Church. We have been celebrating 50 years uh, of, of 
service and ministry and also Dana has five decades of praise as well and so I want to just welcome you all here this morning as we celebrate this last Lord's Day. Okay, I think these are some names for those who are visiting with us this morning. So, but before we get to that, because I think there's a time when we actually will uh, acknowledge those who are visiting. Uh, but again, just welcome. And now let's just open up in a word of prayer uh, for this morning's service. Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, Lord, for uh, this very unique and privileged opportunity that we have as your people to be gathered together to worship you. Uh, you are deserving of all our praise, of all our worship. You are the God who has made it possible for us to worship you. And so we pray that the message that we will hear this morning, uh, the message that we would hear uh, through praise and worship, uh, the message from your word, uh, that you would prepare our hearts and our minds to receive it well, and that through the enabling of your spirit, we would thus act in a manner that brings you praise and glory. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Join us for a responsive reading in Psalm 145, a psalm of praise of David. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. With us, great is, is the Lord, Lord and, and most worthy of, of praise. praise. His, His greatness, greatness no is... one can fathom. Oh, y'all don't have it. <laughs> anyway, it said, great is the Lord <laughs> and most worthy of praise. His greatness, no one can fathom. You believe that? He's worthy to be praised? Let's stand up and praise His name. Splendor, the splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, clothed in majesty. Let all the earth rejoice. Let all the earth rejoice. All the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light. He wraps himself in light. And darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice. Trembles at his voice. How great is our God? How great is our God? Say with me, how great is our God? Go and see how great, how great is our God. Age to age he stands. Age to age he stands. Time is in his hands. It's time is in his hands. Beginning and the end. Beginning and the end. Beginning and the end. The God has three in one. The God has three in one. Father, Spirit, Son. Father, Spirit, Son. The lion and the Lamb. The lion and the Lamb. The lion and the Lamb. How great. How great is our God. Okay. 
great king. Hallelujah. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The, the Lord, Lord is, is good, good to all. all. He, he has, has compassion, compassion on, on all, all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will they tell, tell of the glory of your kingdom, kingdom and speak, speak of, of your, your might. might so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. You are not a God, not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man, you are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are God alone from before time began. You were on your throne. You are God alone. And right You're the only God whose name and praise will never end. You're the only God whose word. 
like you in all the universe. We stand in awe of your greatness and of your great and awesome works, oh God, that you perform on our behalf. You have brought us to this moment to worship you in spirit and in truth. And we declare that there is no God but you. Holy, holy, holy are you Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of your glory. Yesterday, today, and forever, you are worthy of all our praise of all our honor, of all the love that we can give. And we thank you that you are indeed here with us. Help us to be mindful of your presence today and honor you for who you are, our Heavenly Father, our great King, our sovereign creator, the one who will never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you, we bless you, and we love you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Good morning. We're here to celebrate 50 years of ministry, and as we continue to reflect on uh, where God has brought us from as a church, we're going to celebrate this morning. We're going to reflect on all that he has done, and we're going to praise him in spirit and truth. The Bible said that we are to worship him in spirit and in truth, and that's my encouragement to you this morning. No matter what you're going through, continue to worship him. Amen? Amen. Let's go. If you don't mind, I want you to just clap your hands like this if you don't mind. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Just like that. All right, I want you guys to repeat after me. I want you to repeat after me. You could. Let me hear you say it. Let me hear you say it. 
Say, I will praise, I will praise. Say, I will praise, I will praise. Yeah. Say, I will praise, I will praise. Say, I will praise, I will praise. Simple song, go play this, y'all. You can keep clap. Father God, there is none like you, no, no, yeah. Hey, I will praise you, cause I know that your love is true. Anyone believe it this morning? Yeah. For sending your only son to come and die for me and you, yeah, yeah. So that I might live in eternity with you. I will praise you in spirit and in truth, yeah, yeah. For there's none like you and I know. I know that your love is so true. I yeah. will praise you. In spirit, spirit and in truth. Yeah. Lord, I know your love is true. This is my testimony right here. Lord, there were so many things that I could be grateful for. Yeah. For your grace and your mercy. Even when I ignore, that's why I've got to, Lord, I've got to give you my all and all, yeah, because it's only you, it's only you, oh Lord, that I can call, I praise Lord, I will praise you, in spirit you. and in truth, in spirit and in truth yeah, for there's God, I'm gonna praise you every day From the rising of the sun To the setting of the same You're the Alpha and Omega The beginning and the end Mighty God, Heavenly Father, Prince of Peace That's why I sing I'ma give him all the glory I'ma give him all the praise I'ma lift his name on high, yeah All of my days For there's none like him And he's worthy to be praised God, Revival Church, lift his name on high today Yeah Lord, I will praise you in spirit and in truth, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like you, I know, yeah. I know that your love, your love is so. I will yeah. In spirit and in truth, yeah. Oh, there's none like you, none like you, no, 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 no. Alright, I want you to repeat that one more time. Let me hear you say, say, I will praise, I will praise. Say, I will praise, I will praise. Say I will praise, I will praise. I will praise I will say I will praise, I will praise. Uh, say yes, I'll praise, yes, I'll praise. Say yes, I'll praise, yes, I'll praise. Say yes, I'll praise, yes, I'll praise. Oh, yes, I'll praise, yes, I'll praise. I will praise. Come on, y'all, come now. I will serve, I will serve. 
will serve, I will serve. Say I will serve, I will serve. Say yes, I'll serve, yes, I'll serve. Say yes, I'll serve, yes, I'll serve. Oh, yes, I'll serve, yes, I'll serve. Yeah, yes, I'll serve, yes, I'll serve. So we say, praise him, praise him. Oh, God's children. You say, God is. On the way, God is love. We say love Him, love Him. All oh, God's children, God is, God is love. Oh, I will praise you in spirit and in truth. And for there's none like you, and I know you love it. Lord, I will praise you in spirit and in truth, for there's none like you, and I know your love is true. Be the praise and God bless you. Thank you, WeMac, and let's hear it again for WeMac and our Youth Praise Team. As you have already noticed, our service this morning has a youth emphasis, and we want to recognize our youth because they are the generation of leaders that will come up and be the leaders in Calvary Bible Church in the generations to come. God has blessed us here at Calvary Bible Church greatly over these past five decades. And this month of September, we have had the privilege to look back and to reflect on the goodness of our God. And today being the last Sunday in the month, we come to the last of our celebrations. But we're going to go out with a big bang this evening. Let me tell you, my folks, my friends, please, right now, settle in your mind that you're going to be out here this evening at 6.30. We're going to end our celebrations with a grand and gala concert, a concert that is going to compromise over the five decades. We're going to hear singers from the first decade to the very, to the fifth decade. And so our hearts are going to be blessed tonight as we celebrate in song. And let me challenge you again, please don't miss it, because you would have missed something you will never have an opportunity to hear and to see again. So we look forward to you being out this evening. 
Now, I take this privilege this morning to welcome each and every one of you here. I have been given some names of visitors, which I call, and we want to welcome our visitors. We trust that you have been blessed already, and you will be continue to be blessed as we continue to worship our Lord. Nicole Fortella, would you raise a hand that we may recognize you? Oh, there's right in the front here, so good to have you. Samantha Black, where are, oh, down there to my left at the back. Fortasia Sears, over here to my right. Amen. And Canva Glass, over here again to my right. Now I wonder if there are others here this morning. Is this your first time in Calvary Bible Church? And we didn't get your name, but if you are visiting for the first time, would you do so by raising your hand so we can recognize you? Up in the balcony? No, I think we got everyone. Now, I'd like to say here, these beautiful arrangements of flowers that adorn our sanctuary today. And we have had beautiful arrangements every Lord's Day this month. And we're thankful for those who have contributed in this way as they have remembered their loved ones who have had such an important part in the ministry of Calvary Bible Church. But today, we have the arrangements given by Sister Betty, Ellen, Tonya, Waldo, Kendrick, Aretha, and the grandchildren in memory of their husband, father, and grandfather, Clark Allen. Diane and Ricky Shea, Perry and Molly Concino, in memory of Diane and Molly's mother, Nevis, Sweden, and their brother, Randy Aubrey. Fred Aubrey, Jeff Aubrey, Carolyn Diedrich, and Ollie Knowles, in memory of their parents, Lionel and Lucy Aubrey. But sorry, Lori Aubrey. Basil and Rose Badshaw, in memory of their son, Sheldon Montague Badshaw. Ilarina Butler Thompson, in memory of her loving son, Drane and Tom Butler, who went to be with the Lord on May the 23rd, 1986. He will always be in the hearts and memories of those who loved him and whom he loved. And finally, Rose Bradshaw and Ilarina Thompson again, in memory of their parents, Albert Granville and Elizabeth Adelaide Smith. We thank you so much for having our church adorned today again with these beautiful flowers. Now we're going to give you an opportunity to greet each other in Christian love before we continue on in our service. Take a few moments, make those that are visiting feel welcome, 
and we will continue in a few moments. I said earlier, this being the Sunday where we have an emphasis on our youth, in our re time of reflection this morning, we want to give opportunity to reflect upon our youth, our youth leaders, and we're going to give you an opportunity to share our God has used you and blessed you in our youth ministry. And it's my privilege, first of all, to call on our dear brother, Charlie Aubrey, who presently is the chairman of our deacon board. But brother Charlie, and I can say as far back as I can remember, but for almost that long, brother Charlie has been involved in a faithful member of those who have led in our youth ministry. Brother Charlie, would you come and share with us, please? Good morning. This year actually makes 30 years to the day, actually last week to the day, that I've been involved teaching in the youth ministry. Um, there's a couple people that have, were very instrumental in getting me involved, and I'm a pick on Sister Val. She's at the back. Sister Val Hudson was part of the crew that was involved in Sunday school when I got saved 30, a little over 30 years ago. Um, and they encouraged me to get involved in it. Actually, at age 16, I was teaching 16-year-olds. And then at, at age 18, we were teaching a young adult class, which is Sister Russell, Brother Les, and myself. So it's been many years um, and we've seen a lot of changes happen, but the faithful people 
are um, responsible for a lot of what went on in my life to encourage me to stay involved. I've taught the 15 to 18-year-old Sunday school class now for 26 years um, in Sunday school. Um, a total privilege to be able to do that. They keep me young. They think I'm retarded and I return the favor. Um, <laughs> but there's been a lot of what under the bridge. We've had a lot of different youth pastors here. We've had a lot of different people involved, but we've also had a lot of people that have stayed involved, that have been here through the thick and the thin, that have caused the youth ministry to, to, um, to stay where it is. I look at Mitch. Um, Mitch was a little boy that Esther used to drag around by his ears in um, Awana, and Mitch is now a youth pastor, um, one of our own that came up through the system. There's a lot of people here that bring back a lot of fond memories and not so fond memories. Um, but we've had a blast. I still thoroughly enjoy teaching that age group. I thoroughly enjoy young people on the whole. They keep you real. They see through you. You can't lie to them. They will tell you about yourself very quickly. Um, and they tell you exactly what they think of you. They keep you very, very real. So I want to thank you guys for supporting the youth. Keep supporting our youth. This is the generation now that is leading, not will lead. They are leading. They're already being formed. A lot of them have good heads on their shoulders, despite what the newspapers say. We got some kids here that got their heads screwed on right. They want to serve the Lord. They're involved. Um, and I encourage you to encourage them, because all they get out in the public is, you're no good. You know, all you all want to do is buy a pair of tennis shoes, your head's on, you know. Encourage them. We have a lot of really good people. Look at the people involved with sound. See these guys standing up running sound? They ain't old people. They're young people. And they want to serve. Just give them a hand. Nathan, Nathan's got a crew up there that he's plugged in, which are young people. Um, so thank you for the privilege, and now we're going to open it to the floor. I think there's some mics up front here for anybody that would like to say anything about the youth ministry. Um, Brother Jerry said there were some mics here somewhere. Thank you. Some young men. Clinton's not young. None of them have hair. The two, neither of them have hair. Some don't have none. Some's trying to grow some. Raise your hand so we can get one of the men to you. We'd like, you may not have been a, the, the leader, but you've been involved with the youth ministry, or all the faces of the like the, Yeah, there's Brother Lindsay down there. Well, that's what I was going to say. Okay. Brother Lindsay has always been involved along with Charlie, and I think he's still involved. Yes, I don't know if most of you may not know me, but um, I've been here for 23 years. Uh, one of the reasons I am here in Calvary Bible Church is because of the Awana ministry, which my son started coming to when he was 11. Terrence, if you don't know him, was youth pastor here for six years. And that is a tremendous ministry, and I encourage parents to send their children there, because I know sometimes it's it might take a special effort, but it will be well worth it. And also, working with the youth, I, like I said, I've been working with Charlie for as long as I could remember. And other youth uh, leaders, Sister Stephanie, Brother Wilfred Jack, and, you know, there are numerous other ones which fail to come to mind right now. But uh, it's a privilege to work with young people. And I can tell you one thing, like Charlie says, they will keep you young. 
they keep you, your mind thinking young. And uh, unfortunately today, I think a lot of people get old too quick. And, um, but we, my wife and I have been involved with this since, since we came here and um, most people know that we've always been available, uh, our homes is, and we've taken kids along with Charlie to camp for just about 20 years. And that has been a blessing, you know. Sometimes you think it's, man, you gotta go and do this. Let me tell you one thing. You don't know what you're missing to hang around with a bunch of young people and to, and to see them enjoying themselves and to see them growing and to see their lives being changed um, over the years. I mean, there's numerous kids we've, we've seen changed. And um, I think of kids like Chara and Christopher uh, Cartwright, uh, kids who are Nicholas, Terrence, Michelot. I mean, there's just a few to name, uh, you know, I mean, that's, which have been, we've had the privilege of working with and seeing them grow. And for those of you who are not as old as we are now, um, I would challenge you to, to get involved and not only send your kids, but, but get involved yourself because it's, it's, you don't know what you're missing. Thank you. Thank you, Father Lindsay. Father Cates. Uh, good morning. Um, I would like to put a plug in for Sunday School, uh, which may not be a part of the youth ministry per se, but nonetheless it is a very important part of the church. Uh, the Sunday School, my wife and I teach the age five in Sunday School, and we've been doing that for probably the last 10 or 11 years. It's something that we enjoy. We have a new crop of kids come up every year. And we always look forward to all of the new enthusiasm. Teaching Sunday school is a big commitment, not only for the teacher, but also for the parents, because the parents are the ones who have to get the children out on time. And it's not easy to come up with a new program every year or new um, something to um, keep the children's interest. But I think Sunday school, um, you know, we pass the kids on to the older um, the Awana and the other um, youth outreach programs. And I like Sunday school. It's been an important part of my life. I have the distinction, I believe, of being the only person I know who went to three Sunday schools every Sunday when I was growing up. And, um, you know, so it's always been an important part of my life. And I count it a privilege to teach the four and five year olds here at Calvary Bible Church. Thank you, Brother Kate. Um, Good morning. Um, I too would like to thank God for the opportunity of be a, being a part of Calvary Bible Church. And um, we've been here for 10 years now. And um, when we started, my kids were um, young. They were not, I had um, preteens and they got involved in Sunbeams and the youth ministry. And I must say it has truly been um, a blessing to us as a family because everything that you teach at home and when it's reinforced at church, it makes a difference. And when my kids started with the, the youth program, especially um, Brother Charlie's name became a, almost a household word. Brother Charlie did this, and Brother Charlie did that. And so Janika and Thaddeus especially, you know, and all the things that they carried on in youth group with, they came home and they told us, and we were very much involved in that. We knew everything that was going on, and we tried to support as much as we can. So I thank God for the youth ministry, and for parents, for those of you who, who kids are not involved, Please encourage them to come because there's a lot of wholesome activities. The word of God is bring, being taught. 
And whatever you teach at home, I will say that it's been reinforced in the youth ministries as well as church. So get your kids involved and support as best you can with the, um, all the stuff that they have going on with the um, Christmas programs when they have the, the can drive and they do all these um, driving around and stuff like that. You can support in that way as well. So thank you, um, all the youth workers, and thank God for the ministry that you have here at Calvary. Thank you. One more, please. You know, we have a lot to be thankful for over the years. I could remember, oh, back in the early days, Brother Raymond Thompson was our faith youth leader, and then read and read us Sands, and Brother Michael Thompson, and so many others, and then Pastor Clint Kent was there for a number of years, and since then, Victor Roberts and Terence Pender, and they were the, the head, the leaders, but there were so many faithful men and women, young people, who joined hands with them in making our youth ministry what it is. We're thankful for all of those who are in Awana and in Sunday school and junior churches who labor so graciously knowing that this is the ministry that the Lord has called them to. We thank you for that. God is going to reward you. you may not be here in this life, but when you get in glory, I know he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thank you so much. Now we're going to continue in our worship as we have an opportunity to give unto the Lord as he has blessed us this past week. Shall we pray? Our Father, it is with grateful hearts that we bow in your presence this morning. Grateful to you for what you have done in each and every one of our lives and through this ministry here, Calvary Bible Church, these 50 years. And our hearts and our lips can never stop saying how grateful we are to you. You raised up men and women from the very beginning and through the years. And we know, our Father, you will raise those up in the years to come who will lead those who will seek to win our young people, our children, that they may know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And so we come this morning, our Father, bringing our gifts and our orphans to you. We ask our Father that today that you would bless them and use them, that your work may be extended not only here in our city of Nassau, but across our island of New Providence, around our Bahamas, and across the world. Bless both gift and giver, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning. For the last three Sundays, and including today, we have set aside a time for us to recognize faithful workers over the 50 years. This morning, we have the privilege of honoring six ministries. The first one is Junior Church. Junior Church first began in 1968 with Mrs. Vivian Albury, Sister Janet Parks, and Mrs. Sadie Lowe. However, Junior Church for ages 8 through 12 began in 1976 with Mrs. Catherine Cole, Mrs. Marilyn Johnson, and Mrs. Michael, Mr. Michael Thompson. Junior Church presently is being led by Mrs. Rachel Pinder, Pinder who teaches the three to four-year-olds, uh, Mrs. Barbara Sawyer, who teaches the five to seven-year-olds, and Mr. Mark Wallace with his wife, who teaches the eight to 11-year-olds. Would all past and present leaders for Junior Church please stand? Our second ministry is the Women's Ministry. The Women's Ministry began in 1995 with Mrs. Diane Shea, Mrs. Deidre Clark, Mrs. Beth Collins, Mrs. Myrna Collins, Mrs. Sid Ward, Mrs. Alice Pinder, and Mrs. Stacy Ann Joaquin. The women's ministry was started to see women grow spiritually and to provide opportunity for them to become more involved in ministry. It includes social events, Saturday morning prayer group, Wednesday ladies Bible study, widow support group, the annual women's retreat, and a compassion group that looks after the needs of the grieving and the discouraged. The present leaders in the various groups are as follows. The core group, Mrs. Martha Albury, Mrs. Sid Ward, Mrs. Nancy Wells, and Mrs. Denise Worrell. The prayer group, Mrs. Rosella Fountain. Compassion group, Mrs. Martha Albury, Mrs. Helen Roberts, Mrs. Dot Simonet, Mrs. Teresa Deal, Mrs. Hilarina Thompson, and Miss Charlene Darling. The retreat group, Mrs. Eleanor Lowe, Mrs. Diane Shea, Mrs. Ewan Saunders, Mrs. Sylvia Roca, Mrs. Sylvia Alden, Mrs. Joan Pender, Mrs. Charmiel Sturrup, and Ms. Mrs. Peggy Antonio. The Wednesday Bible Study, Mrs. Brenda Ferguson, and Mrs. Beverly Roberts. Would all past and present, present women's ministry leaders please stand. We next come to the mini churches. The mini churches began in 1996 by Pastor Alan Lee. The mini church concept is to allow members of the incredible body of Christ to meet in smaller groups in various homes for evangelism, ministry, and fellowship. This enables members to get to know each other in a more, on a more personal level. The present leaders are Pastor Tommy Albury, Pastor Clinton Cartwright, that's truly. Mr. Patrick Knowles, Mr. Craig Joaquin, Mr. Terrence Antonio, and Mr. Errol Farkerson. Would all past and present mini church leaders please stand?
fourth ministry is missions. The first World Missions Annual Conference at CBC was in March 1973. However, our first Bahamian missionary, missionary supported by Calvary Bible Church was Miss Irene Hudson, who left for the mission field in January 1966. The first foreign missionary supported by Calvary Bible Church was Dr. Mike and Linda Casillas, serving in Puerto Rico. The members of the mission committee are Pastor Alan Lee, Mr. Alan Simonet, Ms. Yuna Carey, Mrs. Andrea Major, Mr. Michael Simonet, Pastor Wendy Fowler, and Mr. David Aubrey. Would all mission committee members, past and present, please stand? The fifth ministry is communion, those who are responsible for the, um, preparing the elements for communion. This ministry began from the church's inception in 1962. For many years, this ministry was cared for by Brother Alan Albrey and his dear wife, Sister Enos Albrey, who has since gone on to be with the Lord. Those who are presently prepping for communion are Miss Elizabeth Lim and Mrs. Charlene Stewart. Can you ladies, if you're here, kindly stand. The sixth ministry is Sunday morning break. This ministry began in 1987 with Mrs. Andrea Major and Mr. Jim Bradley. It provides a time of fellowship and snack between the Sunday school and the morning service. Those who presently serve in this ministry are Mr. Ja Mrs. Janet Bridgewater, Miss Elizabeth Lim, Mrs. Theon Corey, and Miss Jean Knowles, and Miss Olivia Major. Would those who served in this ministry, past and present, please stand? Thank you.
Amen. And all of God's people said, that was a beautiful song to climax this one, isn't it? Amen. I like that insertion of all the voices of Calvary Bible Church. Wasn't that great? Amen. Okay. <clears throat> Good morning. Five decades of praise officially comes to a close today. This evening, to be exact. And as our Pastor Sawyer said, we're going to have groups from all of the decades, decades to compromise tonight. <laughs> he meant to say to be comprised of all of them, right? So we'll have no compromise. Amen? <laughs> but it comes to a close with this gala concert, and we encourage all of you to come. By the way, Sister Eleanor has asked me to ask all those who are taking part in the concert tonight to please to remain behind after the service this morning. You just need to get some things ironed out. So please, all of you who are taking part in the concert this evening, please stay behind. That's a specific command from Sister Eleanor Lowe. I trust that this generation, because we've been focusing on this morning, will continue to declare the mighty acts of God that we have shared with them today so that God's praise may continue from one generation to another. Amen? Now, I want to personally, publicly, and gratefully thank the anniversary committee for the splendid job they did in putting everything together. The committee, the committee was headed up by co-chairpersons Errol Farkerson and Sid Ward, along with Pastor Jerry Sawyer, as our pastoral representative. And they all worked hard, they worked diligently, and they did a tremendous job for the glory of God. Now, of course, they had a host of helpers to help them as well. They had many people as part of the committee as well. So I'm going to ask again, will all those who were a part of doing anything as a part of this anniversary celebration, would you please stand at this time so that we could recognize you as well. Anyone who had anything to do with the planning of the committee of the anniversary celebrations, please stand. Thank you. <clears throat> Amen. We are all proud of you, and we thank God for you. You did a fantastic job. Now, however, as we make the first step into the second half of a century of ministry, the question that must be asked and specifically answers is, to use the Latin phrase, Quo Vadas Calvary Bible Church? As most of you undoubtedly know, this Latin phrase means, Whither goest thou? Or where are you going, Calvary Bible Church? This term became famous after a movie by that name was screened in the, early, in the 50s or 60s, relating to the life of the Apostle Peter, as depicted in history as well as folklore. It focused on Peter's suffering as an apostle in the early days of the church, and in particular, the pending persecution he would surely face if he dared to minister in Rome. The movie's pivotal point came when Peter had decided that he was going to run away from the problems in Rome and go back to fishing. 
And on his way, uh, on, his, on his way, he got to a crossroad. Folklore, myth, mythology tells us that he was met by Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ asked Peter this question. Quo vadas? I'm, I'm sorry. Peter asked Jesus Christ this question. Quo vadas domini? Where are you going, Lord? And the story tells us that Jesus answered, I am going to Rome to be crucified a second time. And of course, this spoke to the heart of Peter according to the folklore and the story. And Peter turned around and he went back to Rome where he was, of course, again, according to uh, history, he was crucified upside down because he said he was not worthy to be crucified as Jesus Christ was. Now I'm going to begin a little discussion with you, but I'm going to do it in, pub in the form of a parable in a sense. I'm going, to be using I'm going to be using words and phrases and telling you things that might have two meanings. Some of you will understand, some of you won't. That's what a parable does. It exposes some truth and it hides some. So you're going to leave here with different opinions of what I'm going to be saying. But that's fine. That's the way Jesus did it, by the way. He taught in parables to hide the truth as well as to reveal the truth. Those who are open to it will receive it. Those who are not will not. <clears throat> so be careful as you go along now. Don't read too much into it, but just that's a warning. Not all of it will be, but some of it will. Now, we as a church in a sense, is, in a similar, is at a similar crosswords in our ministry right now. And I believe that the passing of Brother Frankie Pinder, whose homegoing we celebrated yesterday, may be a divinely appointed reminder of this fact, that we have come to a certain point, milestone in our ministry, a turning point maybe. Brother Frankie Pinder, along with Pastor Weish, were the founding pillars of this local church. I'm not eliminating his wife, mind you. We all know that. But I'm focusing on Brother Frankie Pinder because of the fact that he passed away last week. But he, along with Pastor Weish, were the founding pillars of this local church. And they are now both with the Lord. Pastor Weish served his generation well. And so did Brother Frankie. And in the words of the scripture, they have now gone home to rest with their forefathers. Amen? That means that there's a period in the history of, Bible, of Calvary Bible Church that has come to a close. We are now in a new era and a new generation. This was easily detected. When the man got up today, they were saying, now some of you might not know me, or some of you might not know this, and so on. Why are they saying that? Because we know that there's a whole group of new people that were not here at the beginning. We have a new group of people. We have a new set of leaders as well. Earl Reach started us out on the journey, and he carried us as far as he could. And what a magnificent job he did. God, however, took him along a specific route. In a sense, it was the beginning or baby steps of this ministry. It was also the beginning and baby steps along the path that led followers toward maturity in Christ 
and what Jesus himself called true disciples. His was the beginning stage of this journey. That goal, however, has now changed. But the route, I'm sorry, that goal has not changed. But the route has changed. Even as the route changed for Joshua after Moses died and was laid to rest by God himself. Now this is a strange story with Moses. Moses was undoubtedly the greatest leader God ever used, barring none, even the Apostle Paul, if you really look at his story. But yet, he was also probably the most disappointed leader that ever was used by God as well. Why do we say this? Because after 120 years, because that's how old Moses was when he died, right? He was right on the verge of realizing his goal as a minister, he would say. But he didn't enter into it. He didn't feel it. He didn't touch it. He didn't taste it. He didn't experience any of the fruit of this new promised land. And it was God who stopped him. Isn't that right? So I believe there's anyone who was disappointed as a leader. It was Moses. But yet God was the reason. God was the one who was behind that disappointment. This, I believe, just points out the fact that no matter how great a man of God may be, we are still men. We still have our weaknesses. Moses, up to that point, did everything that God told him to do. But in this one instance, he did not. God says, Moses, speak to the rock. Moses instead, because he was angry at the people and he seemed to think that he alone was responsible, he smote the rock. Now the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that rock was Jesus Christ. That rock was to be a symbol of Jesus Christ who gave us freely the waters of life. And Moses marred that symbol. Moses marred that picture. And because of that act of disobedience, Moses wanted to do things his way in that one instance. He wanted to get the glory for it. God said, I will share my glory with no man. As I said, Moses smote the rock instead thereby destroying a divinely intended type of Jesus Christ as the giver of the water of life. God made sure that no one would build a monument to Moses. No one even knew where he was buried. Now, we had a tremendous homegoing service for Brother Frankie yesterday. But you know, they had, he had friends as his pallbearers. Moses probably had angels as his pallbearers. God himself is the one who officiated but they didn't have a graveside service because we don't know where the, where the grave is. No one knew where the grave is. Now, why did that happen? I believe it happened because God did not want to give the people of Israel the opportunity to fall into the sin of worshiping Moses rather than worshiping him as their leader. You know, they did it when he came down from the mountain with the commandments, and they worship golden calves as idols. God knew the hearts of men. God kept the burial place of Moses secret, as I said, because he would share his glory with no man, even such a great man as Moses, whom God himself said was the meekest man on the face of the earth. But yet, because he disobeyed God, 
He wanted to do things his way. God kept him from realizing what he was looking forward to all of his life. Some Bible commentators have suggested that the reason why God uh, did what he did was to prevent the people from turning Moses' grave into a shrine and worshiping him rather than God. And he did it as a warning to us not to place a man God uses above the God who uses him. To do so would tie us to the past rather than open us up to the future that still lies ahead of us. And the fact that the same God who used a Moses is alive and present to lead a Joshua as well. Listen to his words again. I read before. Joshua 1. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. The implication is don't stay around mourning after him. My servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given to you, just as I spoke to Moses. Verse 5. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Notice now. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. Moses is dead, but Moses' God is still alive. I will not fail you or forsake you. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful. Notice the warning now. And I'm sure God is causing them to think about what Moses did. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Notice, do not turn from it to the right or to the left, as Moses did so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Moses is dead, but Moses' God is still alive. And he says, I will be with you the same way I was with Moses. So do not be afraid. Be afraid of what? Be afraid of the people. The people who want to look back and only follow what the former leader did. But God is going to show them now there's a new pathway now. You're headed in a new direction. The God of Joshua is the same God of Moses. He will be with the leaders of this new generation as he was with the leader of the former generation. But Joshua had to be sure of one thing, and that was what? Obey the word of God exactly as given. No turning to the right, no turning to the left as Moses did. In other words, in the end, what really matters is not the man, but the message and the God who gave the message. Moses was the starter, the beginner for the journey toward the promised land. Joshua will be the finisher, at least for a generation. 
I believe this is one of the reasons why God did not allow any of the generation that left Egypt to enter the promised land, except for Joshua and Caleb. Do you realize that they were the oldest ones to enter into the land? Because all the younger ones God killed out. God did not allow them to go until that generation was washed out. Joshua and Caleb were the older ones because they wholly followed God. But these others died out before the younger generation entered the land. That's why also I believe that God stopped the manna just before they entered the land. Do you realize that? The very day that the children of Israel put their foot in the promised land for the first time, the manna stopped. It stopped. Why did God do that? I believe that God was sending them a message. God was saying, during the past 40 years, I fed you myself every day, day by day. I had angels serve you manna every morning. You had room service, as it were. I provided clothes and shoes for you that would not wear out. I did everything for you. You were babes in your relationship to me at that time. And I was teaching you how to trust me. But now, a new era has come. That stage of the journey toward maturity has ended. No more room service. Moses is dead. Joshua is now your leader. Now, rather than the wilderness route, where you did not have to face any enemies at all. He, Joshua, is leading you on a route that is filled with enemies out to kill you. And you will have to fight every inch of the way to reach your destination. Not only that, you will have to work for your food and for your clothing. I will be with you, of course, as I was with Moses. But there will be no more waiting on you to be served manna every day. You will have to till the land and grow your own food. You will have to work and fight in order to enjoy the land. This is where you will have to act as adults and fend for yourself. If you are to possess your passion, your, your possessions. Moses is dead. There's a new route now, and you have to learn new skills. Moses is dead. Get used to it, folks, he's saying. If you only look back to the so-called good old days under Moses, when everything was given to you, you'll become stunted in your growth and languish in a state of spiritual infancy. Moses did not teach you how to fight in the wilderness. Taught you how to rest, but not how to fight. Joshua will teach you how to fight. Don't expect him to do what Moses did. The journey forward is a different from the journey that brought you to this point. The pathway to maturity leads you through the adolescent or, or young man stage, where you have to be strong in, over, in order to overcome the wicked one. Remember? Paul, writing to Timothy, says that very thing. He says, I write unto you, young man. Why? Because you are strong and you have overcome the evil one. He says, I write unto you, children, little babes, because you know him. In other words, little children deal with emotion. They have this affectionate and whatnot. And they glory in uh, uh, becoming familiar with their parents as it were, being fed and being taken care of. But as you grow on, different stages and different uh, skills are necessary. The old methods for survival will not suffice 
in the new age of spiritual warfare in which we find ourselves. To use the words of a church planter, 1950 methods will not and cannot bring you 2012 results. But God is telling Joshua, I am still leading the way. You have not gone this way before, but I have. And all you have to do is follow me. And if they follow Joshua as Joshua followed God, they will reach their desired end. God is telling Joshua, I believe, I'm and the people that I'm, fill, I'm filling Joshua in with the battle plans, and letting him know the route, I'm letting him know the warfare strategy that we need to conquer this land. If you follow him, who is my chosen leader, you will be following me because I am the one who chose him to bring my plans for you to completion, at least for this generation. And as long as you, he does what I tell him to do, the way I told him to do it, you will all be fine. We will achieve my purpose for your existence that will bring me glory and honor. Beloved, I believe that God is telling us the same thing today, the very same thing today. The big question here, though, is are you ready for the battle or do you still want to be spoon-fed? Are you ready to be equipped to fight the battle effectively or do you want to have manna given to you by ravens from the sky? You see, there has to be a change of mentality, a change of attitude if we are going to win the battle that God has for us. And so the question is then, where are we going, Calvary Bible Church? Now, in a sense, I have been answering this question for over 20 years. For those of you who have ears to ear and eyes to see, you would have seen it. I have been answering these questions, where are we going and how are we going to get there and who is going to be taking us there? I've been speaking on this for 20 years. In fact, if you open your bulletin every Lord's Day since I've been here, it's been on here. It's been on here. But some still have not seen it. They still ask the question, although it's been answered for years. It's amazing. We did it again when we put it in this here. If you read this, you'll see here. It tells you where we're going. And it outlines from a biblical point of view exactly where God wants us to be and the fact that he's gone before and he's given us the direction to go. And what is the direction for Calvary Bible Church? According to the Bible, it's true of every local church as well if it's following the word of God. As I said, I've been telling you and showing you this, the why we are here and where we're going for 20 years now. Look at your bulletin. And of course, we have re reviewed it with you every year since I've been here, either once or twice. In fact, I began this year with this message I'm giving you right now. Same message. Same message. Why? Because we're headed in the same direction. God hasn't changed his plan. He still only has one goal for us. And we can look at it in a moment again to remind you of that. He still only has one, and he still only has one pathway. He has different methods, and we have to be prepared to use those methods. We talked about young people today. We have to focus more intensely on our young people than we've ever done before. That means we have to change our mindsets. When our young people get up here and sing a song a certain way, and some of you adults walk out because I can't take that, 
You see, your mindset is still way back in the past. It isn't here in the 70s. It's still way back in the 50s. We've got to understand that we... Sorry, what did I say? So you are listening. All right. That's a trick, right, Charlie? So we have to... Again, I want to reiterate what Pastor Sawyer said and Charlie said. We have some of the most wonderful young people here in this assembly imaginable. And we have young men and women who want to serve the Lord. But they need encouragement. They need our prayer and they need our finances. You see? And they're ready to go. And we must be there behind them to support them in every way possible. All right? In fact, as VMAC was singing, and by the way, VMAC is an unheralded uh, uh, young person for us in this assembly. VMAC has accomplished so much on his own, as it were, uh, out there in the church as a whole, um, through his music and everything else. And we need that kind of excitement in our assembly. But you know, I guess I'm a little afraid here that if we bring that in more than we have, some of you older folk are not going to come anymore. You're going to go back to the wilderness because you don't want to fight the battle we have. This is where the parable comes in now to understand some things. As I was sitting here listening to Mac, I was saying to myself, maybe from now on we're going to have a special time in our service every Lord's Day that just focused on youth and the music and everything else is going to change for that time. I've been listening some, to some songs already, and we'll be surprised at some of the songs that young people are singing today that are so solid biblically. The theology is fantastic. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But you see, sometimes, like we say, there's so much noise, you can't know the price of the fish. You know? And so we've got to find a way that we could, we could see the words, we could hear the words as well. But anyway... Those are some of the new directions we're taking. Um, let me turn to my trusty chart again. The overall purpose, and I've established this from Scripture, and I, I challenge anyone to show me where I'm an error when it comes to this. Anyone. Now, that's not arrogance. That's just assurance of what I believe the Word of God teaches. The overall, the ultimate purpose for us as individuals, as well as for the church of Jesus Christ, is to glorify the triune God. That's the reason why you and I are alive. That's the only reason why we should live, to glorify the triune God. And that's true of the individual as well as the local church. And I said I believe we have established that from Scripture again and again. This morning, though, I want to focus on, very briefly, the local church and specifically Calvary Bible Church. We are here on this street, Collins Avenue, 62 Collins Avenue, in this community by divine appointment and design. God placed us here, not on Montague Beach, not on Life at Key. God placed us here in this vicinity to glorify him, not to take it easy but to glorify him. And if we believe in the sovereignty of God, we have to accept that. We have to understand 
that we must glorify him where we are. Now, I have put down on paper, expressed in a sort of a poetic way, if you want to say it, uh, what I see to be the mission and the mandate of Calvary Bible Church. And it's in your, it's in your bulletin as well as in that new 50th anniversary as well. And this is why, what, this is what we should become. We should become, we are to be lovingly and dynamically, dynamically to represent Jesus Christ. You've heard me say again and again through the 20 years I've here that is, I have one desire, and that is that we might become people who love God and love one another. Those are the two great commandments, right? And that's what we have to do as a church. And we, have, we should be known more for our love than we should be known by our singing or our Sunday school or our young people or anything else. We should be known for our love for God and our love for one another. And we've stressed that again and again. And you'll find that many things that we do are being done to express that in a very forceful way. So, as members of the body of Christ here, we are to lovingly and dynamically represent Jesus Christ. That word dynamically means that we take advantage of the moment. Whenever the Bible says we are to buy up the opportunity, every opportunity. This is we saying, whatever opportunity that we have to glorify Christ, to show our love for him and our love for one another, we should buy it up. To represent Jesus Christ. We're not here to represent a church, an organization, or even a man or a group of men. We are here to represent Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. In completing his ministry of spiritual redemption, that's salvation, spiritual perfecting, that's discipling, and social compassion, that is showing love toward all people until he returns. That is what I call a compressed or summarized summary of our mandate. That's where we were going. That's the direction we are headed, to become this kind of people. Now, how do we glorify the triune God as a church in this location? Well, of course, by first of all, showing that we love God, and then showing that we love the people in the community where God placed us. Not just love our family, not just love those who have been associated for years, but to love those in the, in the community that God has placed us. Again, I believe that we've shown from Scripture that the way that a local church glorifies God in a corporate fashion is to produce true disciples of Jesus Christ who are mature believers, disciples who are Christ-like in character and ministry. That's why we're here. We become little Jesus, little Christ throughout our community. That's what we're here for. And we should never evaluate the success of a ministry by seeing how many people are there, although it's important, I'm not dismissing that, but rather how many of our people are Christ-like. And if we have people coming out to our assembly Lord's Day after Lord's Day, Sunday after Sunday, year after year, and they are still mean, and they're still arrogant, and they're still selfish, and then we are not accomplishing our purpose. We're not accomplishing our purpose. If we have people who give more money to the Lord, but yet they do not become more Christ-like in their love, 
and, and reaching out to people and so on. We're not accomplishing our purpose. The only true standard for measuring the success of a ministry is how many of our people are Christ-like. How many are true disciples? Not how many call themselves disciples, but how many are true disciples? How many are unselfish? Let me go back to this, and some of you might think I'm hopping on it, and I am. One of the things that we seem to have a problem with here at Calvary Bible Church and other places is the type of music we sing. If we sing a certain type of music that seemed to be acceptable to young people, old people get their heads up. They don't want to listen. I'm not going to come out. I'm not going to give and all that kind of stuff. They don't realize that they are demonstrating selfishness because what they're saying is that the only acceptable music is the music I like. Now, the same thing is true of young people, mind you. Because they say the same thing. I come in your mouth because all you all sing is these dead old hymns all the time. You see? Well, they're showing selfishness as well. And our job as pastors here is to teach the Word of God in such a way and to live before you in such a way to show you that that's selfish without causing you to leave the church. You understand what I'm saying? And that comes to the teaching of the Word of God. That's why the Word of God is so central, so focused. I listened to a man of God that I really appreciated throughout the years. But the more I listened to him, the more I realized that this man of God is also getting away from teaching the Word of God. And I could, put every, I could take away little scripture references that he uses now and then and put it into a psychology book that you could get anywhere. Now, it's good. It sounds good. And the people are accepting it. But the point is, it is not the Word of God. And today we are substituting our Word for the Word of God, our preferences for, uh, for the Word of God. And we cannot do that. God told Moses, this book of the law should not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. And to observe it, keep it just like I've said it. That's why we must proclaim it, all right? That's why we've chosen also as our theme verse for the church, Colossians 1.28. We proclaim him, Jesus Christ, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect or mature in Christ. That's the reason why the church exists, to produce Christ-like disciples of Jesus Christ. That's the road we're headed on toward Christian maturity. The ways that we're getting on, we shows you in that diagram, there are different ways. Some of the elements, the things that are necessary, of course, in it, is worship. Now, some of you will recall, since I, when I first came in, that was one of the first emphasis. We talked about worship. What is worship? And we try to demonstrate that worship is not just what we do every 11 o'clock here on the Lord's Day. But worship is a way of life. Worship is in when we attribute to God um, praise and honor that is due to him. That's why you see that when we come here to sing, we don't sing little ditty choruses that make you feel good and jump up and down, but it doesn't teach you any biblical truth. So many choruses are like that. They're sung just to get people feeling good, but it says nothing about God, but yet we call it worship. No, worship is when we ascribe what we're singing to God. That's why you look at what Anton is singing up here. You'll see that most of his choruses, if not all of them, 
always have God as the object. Isn't that right? Even this morning we sang that. Isn't that true? Why? We're teaching you how to worship. You see, everything that we do, believe it or not, it has an end purpose in mind. And it is to make you mature disciples, either in areas of worship. That's why even we have the scripture reading where you can take part in, because we believe that's how the Bible teaches us. We want to become acquainted with the word. We want you to become informed. We want you to become involved in the worship. We're trying to incorporate our people more and more in worship because that's the way the Bible depicts it. It's not just where a few people come here and sing and we call. No, no, you have to be involved. So we're trying to find more ways to do that as well. And we have the same thing when it comes to evangelism. People say we're not evangelistic. Why? Because we don't have an um, invitation at the end. My friends, and I want to be very kind here, I believe that we have distorted I really have distorted the gospel in so many ways now that many people think that the only way you can be saved is if they come to church to do it. You have to come in, you have to wait for the preacher to give an invitation, and then you walk down the aisle or you sign a card. That, to me, is not biblical evangelism. To me, that is the lazy way of Christians getting away from the job that God has given them. You are responsible for leading people to Jesus Christ. Then you bring them into the church to be built up, to be discipled, to be equipped. The Bible tells us there's only two, different, the two kinds of people in the church service. The equippers and the ministers. And this is Ephesians 4. Equippers and ministers. The equippers are the leaders of the church. What are we to do? We are to equip the believers to do the work of the ministry. So you are the ministers. You are the ministers. That's who are to do the work, the equippers and the ministers. Now, we get confused sometimes when we have the ministers trying to be the equippers and the equippers trying to do the ministry. We get in all kinds of problems with that. So, again, if you look at what we're doing here, we're trying to put that into practice the way we do things. We're trying to show that you are the ones who should be going out there winning the loss for Jesus Christ. You are the ones who should be making disciples. And we are going to focus, again, if you remember, we tried to implement that concept at the very beginning where we had two or three years where we taught personal evangelism. We had individuals come out who were equipped in that fashion to do evangelistic work. Well, we're going to do that again at the beginning of this year. We're going to have uh, another focus on personal evangelism, how you can lead people to Christ and how you can disciple them to become true disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, what I'm asking you to do is, as we enter this new year, is to realize that everything we do here, whether you can see it right out or not, is the purpose towards it. Everything we do, everything. The way we handle ourselves up here, the way we do ministry, allow people to be involved. And one of the things I've said to you before, and we say again, if God has given you a special gift and a certain passion for that gift and you want to implement it, let us know we're here to back you up on that. Some people say they're afraid to tell me about a ministry now because they, we're going to make them to do it. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. We have so many people complaining about things that God wants them to do, you see, rather 
than picking up the ball and saying, hey, the ministry is ours. We are the ministers. Our leaders are to equip us. Now, when we fail that, we have problems as well. And this is where we as leaders have to pick up. But we need to equip our people as well. Now, of course, <clears throat> one of the major things the Bible tells us that we need to be involved in is to get our people involved in, a ta- in, involved in seeking God's face for direction, for unity, and so on. And so the pastors have agreed to implement, and we want you to take your bulletin out now. We'll continue this kind of a talk later on, but I just want to pinpoint this one. Bulletin insert. It's called From 50 Years of Praise to 40 Days of Prayer because we believe that this is a necessary thing for us to do here. We thank God for the joyous and blessed time he has given us during the past month as we celebrated five decades of praise in recognition of our golden anniversary as a church. We certainly have much for which to praise God. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. You agree? Amen? However, our reflections of the past have deeply impressed upon us the need to bridge our heritage to the future, not to anchor to it, but to bridge it, in order to assure that Calvary Bible Church remains true to its original purpose for being established, while at the same time being aware that we must minister effectively to the times in which we live. As many church growth leaders have wisely stated, we cannot use 1950 methods and expect 2012 results. However, I do believe that we can use the same drive, motivation, commitment, sense of commitment, and passion for the loss. I think we have seen all of these things as we have reviewed the past. I believe that we can carry these things forward as well. This is what we desire to do as a result of our reflection during these past days of celebration of five decades of praise. These days of reflections and thanksgiving have motivated us to move from five decades of praise or 50 years of praise for the past 50 years to 40 days of prayer that will help us chart a fresh course for the future as we corporately seek to determine God's will and mind for us in very specific ways. As pastors, while humbly acknowledging our failure to keep some of these spiritual church virtues alive and well, as we should have done, we are convinced that we can still lead you in a process that would, in fact, bridge our past heritage with our future vision for Calvary Bible Church, as described in our anniversary bulletin. And I hope you will read that over again because we laid out some plans in there as well. We are also convinced that this new endeavor must be bathed in and backed by the prayers of our people to the head of the church, Jesus Christ. Thus, following what we believe to be God's directions, we are implementing 40 days of prayer to commence immediately following our five decades of praise. These 40 days are meant to call all members and followers of the incredible body of Christ here at Calvary Bible Church to a time of consecrated prayer for God's direction as we move into our second 50 years of ministry should the Lord tarry his return. Pastor Roland Bryan and Pastor Clinton Cartwright will direct this prayer effort. Prayer times will be held in the boardroom on Mondays, that means starting tomorrow, Wednesdays and Fridays, 
at 6.30 to 7.30 a.m. and 12.30 to 1.30 p.m., at which time, that means the lunchtime, we ask that you forego lunch as a time of fasting as well. We will also have a special time during each Lord's Day service to pray for God's guidance and empowerment. 40 days of prayer will begin October the 1st and go through November the 9th, 2012. Now that means that um, we're not going to be doing it every day here, but we're going to encourage you to pray every day nonetheless. During the time at home, if you have a group of people or with your family, if you will continue to pray. Uh, we're going to be asking you to send in your own requests, but some of the things we want you to pray for now are a greater desire for and experiences of holiness in life. We must be begin with holiness in our own life because the Bible tells us that without holiness, we cannot have fellowship with God. We cannot see God. We want to pray for a deeper, more intimate relationship with God, a deeper love for God and for one another, a greater sense of unity and community by our body. And this is a special one. I think of anything we can be challenged by from the past was this sense of unity and community that it was experienced. A greater passion for the lost to be saved. A greater desire for the sincere milk and the meat of the word. And seventh, a sincere commitment to spiritual growth and maturity. These are some of the things we want to pray for, but we're going to ask you to send them in as well, and when you come to bring them up in the prayer meetings. Now, the idea is that during the, during the uh, lunch period, you don't stay for the whole period. You don't have to. You can come and pray and leave, so you don't have to miss uh, your lunch hour or whatever. The same thing is true in, sun, uh, in the mornings. You don't have to stay for the whole hour. You come, you pray, you leave. But we want God's people to get behind this, and whether you come to the prayer time here or you remain at home, you pray for this ministry during this time. Are you with us? Can I get... Are we going to see some of you tomorrow morning at 6.30? Only Anton. All right. But friends, I believe that this is important for us, and I think that this could in itself help to create a sense of community and unity amongst us. Do you believe? Are you with us in this effort? Amen? All right. We thank you. We're going to continue this as we go on, but we're going to stop there for today gone a little longer than I anticipated, but we thank you for your patience. We thank God for your being a part of this ministry. And beloved, I believe that we have greater things ahead of us. Remember what the prophet told when they were rebuilding the temple. He said that they will have a temple that was even greater than the glory that was before. And we believe God can lead us in the direction that no matter how great the glory of this ministry was in the past, we could even have a greater one in the future. Amen? Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for your good hand of blessing upon this ministry. We pray now that as we move into a new half of this century of ministry, that we might wholly follow you and only do what you tell us to do and only follow your command and not our feelings and not what we like or our preference, but only what you tell us to do. Undertake for us, we pray, and cause each person here to realize your fullness in their lives in a new and a fresh way. And all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you.
Sing this with me. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the sing the next verse together take my voice take my voice and let me sing always only for my king take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee filled with messages from thee for the benediction. Now to him who is able to keep us, his children, who have placed faith and trust in his son, to protect us, to guide us, to him, our God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be honor, glory, and majesty to his name for now and forevermore. And may we who are his people, may we purpose to savor the goodness of God the Father, that we may be fully satisfied with him as he is equally glorified in us. And all God people say, amen. And don't forget, tonight, 6.30, make sure you're here. Come early if you have your preferred seating for the gala concert this evening. Thank you. Thank you.